seed. He actually said, if you understand this, he said, this is a key. He called that parable a key. He said, if you understand this parable, you'll understand everything else I'm talking about. And the reason he said that, because the word is a seed. And so many times in our life, we fall into this trap of thinking the word doesn't work. Well, you know, if you're sitting there holding a, a, an apple seed in your hand and staring at it for six years, you know what you're going to think? Well, this apple seed doesn't work, right? But you can't, you can't just hold it and stare at it. You got to put it in the ground. You have to water it. You have to give it what it needs. You have to take care of it. And as you take care of that seed, you're going to see, wow, it does work. It does work. And that's the way the word of God is. It works. You have to take care of it within your own heart. You have to plant it. You have to take care of it. And you don't want to let the enemy come like the birds of the air and steal it. You don't want to let the cares of the world, like the thorns and the bristles, as it grows up, choke it out. You don't want to let the hot sun take it out. as it, You have to take care of it, and you will see it work. That's the power of the word. It's not like earthly seed that maybe every once in a while there is a bad one that doesn't work. That's not, this is not like that. This is the seed that never fails. This is the seed that always grows. This is the seed that when planted in your heart and taken care of, will grow every time. And here to close out our Outgrown series, I want to talk about the life of a believer where we are actually called to grow consistently. We'll be growing, hopefully, as long as we're here on this earth. We will be in a stage, in a state of constant and consistent growth. We were not made to, to grow to a certain level and then just kind of plateau, and that's all there is to it. We were made and called to go from glory to glory and to keep growing consistently. I want to talk today about the parts of us, and I mean that, I'm going to get to all this, but the parts of us that are consistently called to growth as we take care of the seed called the Word of God in our lives. Because it's a powerful truth that will keep us consistently moving forward. You know, I've used the example of my own life a lot of times. Uh, over the years, and especially in the last few weeks, talking about how I, I was kind of stuck in this mode for three years of my life where every day uh, I was in love with the Lord and I would wake up and spend time with Him. But I'm telling you, the first time during the day when I would mess up, I would consider myself within my own mind separate from God. And my entire life was basically kind of plateaued in this state of growth where I was, I was learning about the Lord, I was spending time with Him, but as soon as I messed up, I'd go back to, in my own mind, I gotta get right with God, and my entire life was centered around getting right and being right with God. And, and I've called that, in the last few weeks, a very self-centered, self-focused way of living. And it is. It is a selfish way of viewing uh, the gospel of grace, thinking that my mistakes are somehow greater than the sacrifice Jesus made for us, right? He made a sacrifice one time, once and for all. And when we believe, our salvation is a, a sealed, done deal. And that is the amazing gospel. We read about that all through the book of Galatians a few weeks ago in Galatians chapter 3. Paul talks about it over and over. He says, you were saved by grace. Why have you gone back to thinking that you were saved by the law? We could, we could get back to that if we, will, if we wanted to, but go back and listen to that. I think it was three weeks ago if you want to kind of get caught up on that. But not, 
I guess that, that's a good word, kind of plateauing. Have you ever like had like a weight loss goal or a health goal where you want to lose 30 pounds? You get to 20 and you're like just plateaued. You got to add something else to the, to the workout routine. You got to take something else out of the diet. Well, in our spiritual life, we can, get to the same, we can get to the same point where we kind of plateau and stop growing, but we are not called to go from glory and stay there, from glory to glory. Uh, and, and it's a powerful truth and I know for a fact I, I was I remember being in that place of just like stuck and I remember the day when I heard this truth this message that knocked me out of it that kind of gave me what I needed to break through that moment and start growing again which was that I've been this simple truth that I've been forgiven one time once and for all by the by Jesus and if I messed up instead of trying to go back and get right with God what I needed to do was put my focus on Jesus and, and just Thank him and, and, and sit and rest in his forgiveness and get up and move forward. Hebrews chapter 12, the truth that I, that I read in that helped me so much that it says when we look to Jesus, we lay aside the things that easily beset us. We talked about this for four weeks, that right believing produces right living, not right living producing right believing. If we get this right up here, the actions will follow. If we get this right up here, the actions will follow. And, and that is very, very good news. So I want to read here from Hebrews 10, 14, and we're going to go on from here. But it says, for by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Now, if, if you read that for what it is, it kind of sounds like, kind of sounds like a, a juxtaposition, right? He made perfect those who are being made holy. How can somebody who has been made perfect also be being made holy? It's like there's two separate things here. And it's like that for a reason. There's this truth in 1 Thessalonians that just like God is a three-part uh, being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, He creates in His image as three-part people. If you've been at our church for any number of, of, of years or even months, you might have heard this, so I'm not going to stay on it long, but a person, a human, has three parts to them, a spirit, a soul, and a body. This body is not going to last forever, right? Uh, my soul could be defined as my mind, will, and emotions, and then I have a spirit, and, and that's what... The, that's what Paul even says is the born again part of us. Our spirit becomes made new in Jesus the second we say yes to him. It is whole. It is a done deal. Your spirit, if you believe the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, that means your spirit looks just like the spirit that lived inside of Jesus. Man, that's good news. That is all through the gospel. That's part of the good news of the gospel. That your spirit looks just like Jesus. And that's awesome. And that's why God can relate to us, even in our failures, even in our, our mess, even when we mess up. That's why God still says, I see my son, my daughter, I love you, come to me. Because he even relates to us through that part of us, the spirit. So let's go back to Hebrews 10, 14. Let's let scripture interpret scripture. By that one offering, he forever made perfect. That's our spirit. Our spirit has been made perfect. It's whole, just like Jesus. Those who are being made holy, so there's two other parts of us, our body, our soul, which is being made holy at all times if we allow the word within us to grow like a seed. If we let our spirit, the Holy Spirit only inside of us lead, that part of us that has been made perfect because of Jesus, when that is the leader of this thing right here, this body, this soul, when that spirit is the leader, then it is leading me to growth at all times. Call it sanctification, but basically that spirit is leading my mind to even produce better actions, to, to break old negative habits, 
to respond the way Jesus responded, right? We, we, I, think, I don't think anybody in here would stand up and say, well, hey, by the way, uh, my body and my soul are also perfect. I think every one of us in here know that we mess up sometimes. Some of us may be very aware of it. Hopefully, you're more aware of Jesus than your own mistakes and failures. But, but you know, I think Lisa was, was singing earlier, and she said, listen, uh, whatever, uh, she said something like, whatever even happened on the way to church this morning, let's just put it in the back of our, put it, put it away, and let's focus on Jesus. And that is a powerful truth if you can take it to heart. We are so obsessed, in a sense, sometimes with our actions. But if we could just become obsessed with Jesus' action, so much of our lives, according to Hebrews 10 even, well, we're going we're gonna to get to this, will take those steps towards growth, take those growth steps. And, and the outside will start to match the inside more and more. So there is a part of us, our spirit, which is made perfect, righteous, holy. All through the New Testament, you will find those scriptures. There is also a part of us that needs to be sanctified, needs to be led into holiness daily, moment by moment. Our body, our mind, our actions. And it will happen when we let our spirit lead. It will lead us to growth from glory to glory. You can say it this way, you've been forgiven. And we believe that. I hope we do as believers. We've been made righteous, perfected one time, once and for all by the blood of Jesus, our spirit. And daily, moment by moment, we are being sanctified by the washing of God's word, by the preaching of the gospel, by sitting next to our brother and sister and encouraging each other, by letting our imaginations wander into the hope of our calling instead of letting our imaginations wander into the negativity and the worry we find in this world. Yeah. On, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says that's called going from glory to glory. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 7 through 18. And like we did in Galatians three weeks ago, I want to kind of break this down uh, piece by piece. So I'm going to read this and I want to go through it and I'll stop periodically here and talk about what we just read we're going to allow Scripture to interpret Scripture. Uh, so here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 through 18. It starts like this. The old way with laws etched in stone. Remember the Ten Commandments? Uh, and, and the other thousands also. You could, uh, the old way, the law etched in stone, led to death. That is in black and white in the word 2 Corinthians. The law etched in stone, led to death. So just like in our passage from Galatians three weeks ago, we read here the old covenant, the covenant that Moses came down from the mountain with, led to death, not life. I mean, we literally see that in the life of Jesus. He died for us, fulfilling that law. It led to death for, for those under it. It led to Jesus' death. Of course, then the good news is the resurrection. And he rose with the keys of life and death yes. in his hands. The old way with laws etched in stone led to death. Thank you, Jesus, that you brought us a better covenant that leads to life. Remember that word Brandon had three weeks ago. He said, God said, I want you to see me as the life bringer, not the law giver. Woo. Back to this passage. Though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. So if you remember the story, Moses received the Ten Commandments. His face was shining so bright after being in the presence of God, he put a veil over his face. 
Uh, I've heard this talk two ways, and obviously we weren't there, so we don't know uh, the actual exactly thing, exact thing Moses was thinking. But some people I've heard preach that he put the veil over his face because his face was so bright, people wouldn't have been able to look at it. I've heard somebody else teach that he put the veil over his face because he didn't want his people to see the glory fading. It wasn't the glory that's within you and I, the Holy Spirit that never fades. It was the glory, according to 2 Corinthians, that was found in the law, which was in a way glorious. However, as soon as Moses came down from the mountain, that glory already was fading. Another reference that we have a covenant and a promise of salvation that does not fade whatsoever. Thank you, Jesus. We could just read every verse here and probably say, thank you, Jesus, afterwards. Though it began with such glory, the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face, for his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? Yes, we should. Thank you, Jesus, that now the Holy Spirit is giving us life. That glory will never fade away. Now that the Holy Spirit is giving life. If the old way, which belongs, uh, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? Man, you know, the old covenant pointed to our failures. The new covenant points to Jesus' success. The old covenant points out where we fall short. The new covenant points out where Jesus did it right. Isn't that awesome? The old covenant immediately points to the glory fading away because we're just humans and we cannot be perfect, right? But the new covenant points to Jesus and a man that lived perfectly, a man that died for us, rose again for us. And as we look to him, we lay aside all the other stuff that easily besets us. In fact, back to the text, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? If it says in black and white right here that the old ways, the old covenant, the law has been replaced, why do so many believers want to run back to it? Especially when we make mistakes. I don't know why. All I can figure is that people like paying for stuff. We have this thing etched into our brains that we have to pay for what we have. It's the way the world works. It's the way Paul says our mind will conform to that way of thinking if we don't allow God to transform it, right? That's what Romans 12, 2 says, renewing our mind. Well, this world says you've got to pay for everything. And if our minds, if we let our mind conform to that worldly truth, then as a believer, when we mess up, when we have a moment and we fall into sin of any kind, what we're going to say on the inside is, well, I need to pay for this. I need to pay for this. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back to guilt. I'm going to go back to condemnation because under the law, they paid for their sins with condemnation and then sacrifices that required work and effort. Well, if we let our mind think like the world, we're going to want to pay for every mistake we made and it is going to stop our growth. It's going to stunt your growth because here is the truth. We could never pay Jesus back for what he did. He didn't only pay for our sins. He overpaid. 
If the bill was a million dollars, he put down 10 million and said to the enemy, don't come knocking again. He overpaid. But if we let ourselves think like the world, you're going to want to pay for every one of them. You're going to want to pay for speed in 36 and a 35. Because you know what? The Bible says, obey the laws of the land. You're, then you're going to start feeling guilty for murder. Because you know the Bible says if you've even hated somebody, you've committed murder. And then after that, you're going to lay in bed at night and you're going to want to pay for adultery. Because the Bible says if you've even had a lustful thought about somebody you're not married to, you've committed adultery. And then you're going to read the story of David and you're going to be like, ooh, that was a pretty severe punishment. And then you're going to want to pay for your sins with guilt and condemnation. Then you're going to sit around and wait for some horrible punishment. And forget the truth that Jesus took that punishment so that you don't have to. Because the glory of the old ways were fading as soon as Moses came down off that mountain. But the glory of the new covenant was just being seen as Jesus rose from the dead. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was only ever meant to be temporary. And it says it in black and white. So if the old way which has been replaced was glorious, how much more glorious is the new which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. Remember in Galatians three weeks ago, Paul did not call us children of Moses. He called us children of Abraham. There's another big difference between their two lives. Abraham was given a promise. He said, uh, God said to him, you will have a son. Abraham went and took matters into his own hand and found his concubine and said, hey, my wife can't have a kid, so let's me and you have a kid. That's called adultery, right? He went and tried to make the promise of God happen on his own. But do you know what? He still received the promise. Moses was told to speak to a rock and watch water come out. And instead of speaking to it, he hit it with a stick. And you know what God said? You won't see the promised land. The law says you messed up. You won't see the promised land. But grace because we're children of Abraham. Amen. says, hey, you messed up. But get back up. You still have a promise coming. Get back up. You still have a promise coming. And you know that first child, Ishmael, was actually even still blessed. Made some bad choices. But even the child that came from the mistake was blessed. Because under grace, a Savior paid the price. We're children of Abraham, not of Moses. Back to the text. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, this is so important. Listen to this. The people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they can't understand the truth. When you look to the law, that's what you're going to see. And I know that's very simple, but sometimes the simple truths are what we need to hear. When you look to the law, you're going to see your mistakes. You're going to see your failures. It's self-centered. It's selfish. It's making light of the sacrifice Jesus made. Wow. 
But when you look to Jesus in his glory and you don't see that glory fading on your worst day, it leads you to life and life abundantly. And this veil, this is the good news. Let's go back and read this together. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, Paul's, again, writing to you and I. We live in this day. We're New Testament believers. And to this day, when the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. So is the answer, throw out the old covenant, throw out the old testament, let's not go to it. No, absolutely not. That's crazy. There is amazing stuff in there. We need to read it. We need to put that on the inside of us. It's the word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit. Thank God the answer is not throw it out. The answer is believing in Christ. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil. This is people that do not believe in Christ. Their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So now what we can do is we can open this. We can read the Old Testament. We can read the laws given to Moses and we can see in our flesh how it would be impossible to measure up but in that same moment see and be filled with more gratitude than ever that we have a savior who came and paid that price for us now we look at it and we know what we've been saved from instead of know what we're being punished with that is awesome that is so awesome when we finally turn to jesus and believe in him the veil of the law is removed we are finally free to understand that God gave us freedom to live and grow and keep growing through Jesus. Not freedom to be bound by the law, which isn't freedom whatsoever. For the Lord, this is back to the text, for the Lord is the Spirit, and you know this one, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Let's say it this way. One time, once and for all, your spirit was changed upon salvation from being subject to the fading glory of the old covenant, the law, and is now subject to the glory of the better new covenant. And if we allow the spirit within us, that part, that part of us that is wall to wall Holy Ghost, we allow that part of us to lead us, our bodies will line up with the Word of God and will grow into what the Word says we are. Our minds, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions will also begin to be shaped and formed and look a lot more like Jesus. We sing songs and we say things, Lord, make me more like you. And he says, I told you how to do that. He doesn't just snap his fingers and control your actions. We pray that prayer, make me more like you. And he says, Act more like me. Look at me. Let me lead you. Yeah. Let me lead you through your spirit. You look just like Jesus in your spirit. Your spirit is 100% the spirit that was in Jesus. And when we let that lead, when we let his word like a seed grow from our spirit into our mind, into our bodies, then what happens is we start to think more like Jesus. We start, our actions begin to line up. We act more like him. We respond. We find ourselves responding the way he responded. You'll find yourself responding in love 
on accident more than you've ever found yourself responding in anything else on purpose. You'll start hearing things coming out of your mouth. Where did that come from? That's not what I'm thinking. My flesh, my mind's telling me to do this. But you're growing. You're called to always grow from glory to glory. And man, as we think more like him, we're going to act more and more like him. You want to respond the way Jesus did? Have you ever prayed that prayer? Do you want to act like he did? Do you want to see things the way he saw them? Do you want to hear people the way he heard them? Where everybody else hears a blind beggar making a scene, screaming at the top of his lungs, getting all the attention on himself, screaming, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody says, be quiet, be quiet. Everybody else sees this guy going crazy, but from the eyes of Jesus, he sees a son in need. He sees a child in pain. He walks over and opens his eyes. It doesn't just happen. You've got to let the seed grow. You've got to let the seed grow. It's got to grow. It's got to, it's starting in your spirit the second you say yes to Jesus. But you've got to allow that like a filter to come through your mind, to come through your actions. And you'll find yourself growing at all times. Moving from glory to glory. Here's the last part of the text. So all of us who have had that veil removed, that's you and I, remember the veil is removed when you believe. So all of you who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And that's good. Tonight, at trunk or treat. Trunk or treat. Somebody is going to have a testimony 10 years from now. I went to a trunk or treat and met Jesus. Because somebody from Freedom Church let the glory of God shine through them. So all of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, the Spirit in you, Children's Church, you remember, where does Jesus live? In my heart. That's real. We learn it in Children's Church. We forget it sometimes when we're adults, but it's true. The Lord, the Spirit within you, makes us more and more like Him Amen. as we are changed into His glorious image. If it's His Spirit inside of us, we know that's not changing. That's perfect. But that Spirit within us is making us, our mind, will, emotions, our actions, more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. That's good news. We have the choice, and it's a choice, to grow more and more into his image every moment of the day. We could probably grow from today through all of eternity and still keep growing. There's so much of him that we don't even grasp, right? There's so much of, of, of Jesus, of God, that will forever, eternity, be on an adventure discovering another place in his presence. Heaven is not going to be boring. It's going to be an eternal adventure. So, there's a little timeline here of a believer's life. The adventure of a believer's life. How about that? You're born into sin, every one of us. Born into a world that if we don't let God transform the way we think, a world that's going to tell us Pay for everything. 
Pay for that mistake. Pay for that failure. Not Jesus paid for it. But we're born into that world. We're born into sin. We believe in Jesus at some point. And in that moment, we move into a glorious new life of freedom. Our spirit is one with the Father. It's sealed. You'll be with him forever. Whatever the afterlife looks like, heaven, reigning on earth, whatever all that looks like, you'll be one with him forever. Your body and your soul, this is from 1 Thessalonians 5.23 if you're taking notes, will then for the rest of our lives here on earth become more and more like Jesus every day as we allow the word, the spirit within us to lead us to that growth. The word is, is, is in a way like water and sunlight to that seed on the inside of us. You know what else is good? You've got to be in the right environment. Staying in the word leads to growth. Being in a church community like this will lead you into growth. Surrounding yourself with a pastor, men and women of God who speak into your life and encourage you, leads you to growth. Spending time daily, worship and prayer, that leads you to growth. Getting revelation from the Lord and sharing it with others, whether it's revelation from the scripture or whether God shows you something like he showed Miss Ruth a few minutes ago when she shared with everybody, those moments lead you to growth. We talked last two weeks about ways to renew your mind. That is leading you to growth. But here's the last thing I want to talk about. Glory to glory. We love the glory parts. Do you know the part that some of us get antsy and anxious in is the two? Glory to glory. There's three parts. Glory, then there's the two, and then there's glory. Sometimes we get antsy and we get anxious and we allow the enemy some ground in the two part. Right? The part that's awkward. The part that may be a little bit difficult. I was just telling somebody this the other day. I, I guess I have this thing with my kids where they, they know my answer. When, if they have two choices, or even three things are talking to me about four things. Dad, I could do this or I could do that. Which one should I do? Instead of just telling them, my answer is usually probably whichever one's harder. The answer that you're looking for is probably whichever of those two choices is the most difficult one. That's going to be the one that's worth it. Go after that one. Sometimes in those moments, the two moments, glory to glory, man, we're met with moments and decisions that might seem hard in our flesh, maybe impossible in our flesh, and the truth is, in our flesh, they are impossible. Mm -hmm. But you're not just flesh. Right. You've got that part we've been talking about this morning that's 100% just like Jesus. Jesus wanted to rest, and he ended up ministering to an entire town. Wow. That happened more than once. He was hungry. He ended up feeding 5,000 people. Mm. Not the easiest choice. We just want to sit down and have a good meal. You know, I feel like the Lord is telling me to go talk to that person in the tail beside us, but my food just came out. If I go talk to them, it's going to be cold. Well, we can talk ourselves out of some stuff, can't we? I know I can. I can justify just about anything. But here's a promise we have in those two seasons. Not the number two. Those two T-O. Glory to glory. It's from Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Remember, we're not looking at this through the lens of the law anymore. We look back at the Old Testament through the lens of grace, and we let Scripture interpret Scripture. And Psalm 1, through 3, Psalm 1, 1 through 3 says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. 
We can stop right there. Look, you have joy as a New Testament believer yeah. in your spirit. That's from Galatians 5.22. What is the fruit of the spirit? The one that's inside of you? Love, joy, peace, patience. So you've got joy. So, oh, the joys of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked. If you sit around thinking, Lord, why don't I feel joy if it's on the inside of me? Maybe you should stop following the advice of the wicked, standing around with sinners, or joining in with mockers. That is a good physical answer to maybe a problem you think is spiritual. It's all spiritual, but there's a good answer. But let's keep on going. But they delight in the law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord that we delight in as New Testament believers? Jesus said, my law is love. My law is love and my gospel is truth. peace. But yeah, my law is love. And truth. It is. <laughs> they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. God is love. So again, just like Hebrews 12, when we look to Jesus, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit every season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. We are called to go from glory to glory as a New Testament believer, even in those in-between seasons where we are met with awkward moments, where we start to, in our flesh, to get anxious or antsy. We will bear fruit and prosper when we look to Jesus. And that's good news. That is good, good news. So we're called to grow from day one of receiving Jesus Maybe for all of eternity, right? I don't know. None of us know exactly what it's going to be like when we leave this world. Here's what we know, that when we're absent from the body, we'll be present with Christ, right? Yes. I know my spirit is what lives forever. I also know there's going to be a type of adventure that I don't even think we can fathom within our human minds that we're going to be on forever. I do know, as, but I know for a fact while we're here on earth, we're called to grow until the day our bodies go into the ground, at least, at the very least. Our spirit is made perfect. Our mind, our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, and our bodies will continually grow every day. We talk today about how to